Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. An energetic start to Jazz Shapers here on Jazz FM with me, Elliot Moss. Good morning. I hope you're having a good one. This is the place where you can hear the very best of the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul, alongside their equivalents in the world of business. That's right, a business shaper. My business shaper today is Claire Mason. She is the founder of a great named agency called Man Bites Dog. They specialise in business-to-business marketing and public relations. They're a consultancy to clients like Google and Booper and most of the big professional service firms in the world of accounting. Accountancy and law. She is going to be a cracker because she knows how to deliver a message. At least that's what she told me earlier. We'll soon find out. In addition to hearing from Claire, you'll be hearing from our program partners at Michigan Dorea. Some words of advice for your business. And on top of all of that, a brilliant mix of music from the shapers of jazz, blues, and soul, including the Rebecca Ferguson tribute to Billie Holiday, new music from Terence Blanchard, and this from Kurt Elling. <laughs> Você já foi à Bahia, nega, não? Então vá Quem vai ao Bofim, mira nega Nunca mais quer voltar Muita sorte terá, muita sorte terá Muita sorte terá Você já foi à Bahia, nega, não? Então vá Lá tem vatapá Então vá Lá tem caru Então vá That was Kurt Elling with Here It Goes. I'm going to try and do it in Portuguese, of course, because this is in Portuguese. Voce já foi a Bahia. I'm sure that was completely wrong. But anyway, it was a lovely track, wasn't it? This is Jazz Shapers and Claire Mason's my business shaper here on Jazz FM. And Claire is the founder of Man Bites Dog. Man Bites Dog is a £3 million business. It's been running for just over 10 years, a decade in business. We're going to find out how that feels. And as I said earlier, clients, including Booper and Google. Thank you so much for joining me, Claire. What is it that you actually do? Because people listening that aren't in the, the world of communications, public relations and marketing and other um, words like that, they won't know. Tell me a little bit what you do and then we'll talk about how you got there. So 10 years ago, I set out to solve a particular challenge. We've seen the rapid growth of high value services and the knowledge economy. But how on earth do you market those things? Because you can't see them, you can't touch them. They're intangible. So what we do at Man Bites Dog is we take all of the expertise that's locked up in some of the best minds in business and we turn it into what we call Man Bites Dog stories. And what we mean by that is big ideas, ideas that that lead markets. So just so I get a sense of the actual product, the nitty gritty thing that I can get my teeth into, what is it that you actually deliver for one of the professional service firms? So let's imagine that you're a big accountancy firm, for example. Or, fir- or a law firm. Or a law let's, firm. Let's do that for a let's second. Let's imagine you're a big law firm. Excellent idea. <laughs> <laughs> so um, firstly, how on earth do you differentiate in your market? Because you look just the same as the law firm around the corner. The thing that you can really differentiate on is your ideas, all of the thinking that's locked up in the minds of your amazing lawyers. So the first thing we do is help identify some of those great ideas that will help you stand out, what makes you different. The next thing we do is we package up those ideas in a way that will help them travel. So it could be um, a big campaign to 
to push a particular idea into the market. So, for example, with Booper, we've been working with them on a subject which is very close to their hearts, which is about mental health in the workplace. How can we really promote and improve mental health at work? And how do we make that idea travel in a really sticky and compelling way so that other people want to take our idea and pass it on? Perfect. I get it. And I hope you do too. Uh, Claire Mason, Man Bites Dog, and she's my business shaper today. Time for some music. This is Rebecca Ferguson and God Bless the Child. And it's the Billie Holiday tribute from the album Lady Sings the Blues. The rich and velvety sound, I can't believe I just said that, but I did, of Rebecca Ferguson with God Bless the Child. Claire Mason is with me today. She's my business shaper. And Claire founded Man Bites Dog 10 years ago. You set up that business. The story goes that you had a couple hundred quid that you've never borrowed a penny since. How did you do it? Because now you've got 30 people plus working for you, your £3 million revenue I mentioned. Firstly, what made you want to do it for yourself? And secondly, how then did you go about actually making it happen? I think I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. It's always been in my mind. Um, my father's an entrepreneur and had no qualms about involving a bit of child labour in his various ventures. So we had some great experience from that. And then having seen this burgeoning knowledge economy and the fact that people were really struggling to communicate their point of difference and really sell themselves, it really occurred to me that there was a huge market opportunity to help organisations develop ideas and take ideas from building a reputation um, to building relationships to actually take it all the way through to revenue. So I wanted to create a new kind of consultancy that would help organisations right through, through from their strategy to actually growing their business. And you sense there was a gap there because you'd worked, I think, um, had a strategy at Midnight Communications, another agency, and I think your director at Red Consultancy before you moved in to create your own business. You obviously saw a gap. Did you see, were people just not making those links? Were people just not serving up the things that were required to help companies differentiate? Was that what the issue was? Absolutely. There's a huge gap in the market. Um, in the traditional market, you basically have two kinds of consultancy. You have your consumer agencies who are very creative and ideas generative. And then you have your city financial corporate agencies who are essentially just activating what's already in that business. But if you're a professional services business or a business whose product is invisible, there is nothing to activate. It's about activating experts. So what you need is an agency that is going to generate big ideas for you, take you through that process to actually create an idea that's so compelling it will sell what you do. So I saw a real gap in the market to do something like that. That's and, what really drove me. But that's And that's a great thing because that's an intellectual perspective and you go, I can see, or at least a, a kind of a thoughtful perspective, as I can see the gap, I'm going to go for it. Filling the gap, you're obviously a, you're a graduate from Oxford, so you can't be silly. She's not silly. I can tell she's very smart. But actually working with people in the professional service world to help them understand what it is that you're trying to deliver to an expert when it's intangible, when they want results tomorrow, but it isn't going to come tomorrow. That's a hard gig. But you've built a business on that. How have you done it? 
It's, it's an incredibly tough gig. And I think that's what makes it so intellectually challenging. And that's actually what motivates my team working with people from strategy consultants to rocket scientists means that I have to have a very clever team. But also what motivates them is, is that geeky element of working with experts in their field. And over the years, we've developed a lot of intellectual property and a lot of processes to take people like lawyers and accountants and rocket scientists through the process of generating an idea with commercial impact, because it's not just any idea we're looking to develop. It's an idea that makes people think something different. What's your new angle on this subject? It makes people feel that it's relevant to them and it makes people actually do something. So it, they're very powerful, these commercially effective ideas. So we have to have a clear process to generate them. Stay with me to hear more about how ideas can impact the top and the bottom line. There you go, connecting the two and actually making them commercially viable. Latest travel in a couple of minutes, but before that, some words of wisdom from our programme partners at Mishkondare for your business. Hi, my name's Nadim Mir and I'm a partner at Mishkondare in the private equity team. A key thing to be thinking about if you are looking to raise funds is, given that it is maybe less difficult than it used to be to raise the money, if you do have a good growth story, then actually you are in a pretty good position to maybe be a bit more choosy as to who you partner with. Um, And I think a, a key thing to remember is that when you go into this relationship with an investor or group of investors, you do need to see it as very much like a relationship. It is effectively a marriage of sorts. And obviously we know the best sorts of marriages tend to be the ones where both sides uh, go in with their eyes open um, and they're both supportive parties to uh, to the marriage um, and where people think they can work Jazz well Shapers together. On so Jazz it's not FM. necessarily about in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday morning, I get to chat to someone who's very clever and very successful and very annoying. Oh, indeed, very, very annoying. Uh, a business shaper. And you can hear any of my 180 or so business shapers, if you would like to, in iTunes. Or you can go to um, ft.com to pick up a few there, cityam.com. And if you're travelling on British Airways in the near future, you can also catch some of the best ones over there as well. Claire Mason's my business shaper. She runs and founded the agency called Man Bites Dog. They provide marketing and public relations services to big clients, uh, Booper, Google, and big professional service firms as well. Why man bites dog, Claire? Why is it called that? Um, so you may have heard the saying, dog bites man's not a story. It happens every day. Man bites dog's a story. So man bites dog is really the definition of news, the definition of an idea that travels, an idea worth passing on. And so for me, it just absolutely articulates everything that man bites dog is about in terms of developing those incredible ideas that travel far. And when you set up the business 10 years ago, did the name come immediately? Was the name a precedent? Did it precede the, uh, the, the business or did it, was, did it come afterwards? Strangely, the logo preceded the name. I had almost a vision of what the logo looked like. And then I read an entire enormous dictionary one holiday and looked for words like all those energetic words that you might look for in a dictionary and tried to buy the dot-com for all of them and failed and tried to register the businesses and failed. And so I was thinking, rather than having the usual animal and colour, as, as, as the way people often name agencies, I thought what I really need is a sentence. If we're all about articulating stories, I need a sentence. So I was looking for something like 
uh, life on Mars, for example. And then I just woke up one morning and it just came to me in a flash. Of course, it's Man Bites Dog. And I couldn't believe that globally nobody had used that brand. So we were able to register it globally and, and start and, and be ready to go. So it was hugely exciting. And So you've got your purpose, which is you want to tell these stories, tap into that knowledge economy, you said, bring them out, actually monetize those ideas for, for companies. You've got your name. The bit that's missing now is why you? What made you be able to actually pull this thing off? Because I have actually always attracted the most troublesome clients in every agency I've worked for, I always my first client was actually Deloitte Consulting. And over the years, I've always attracted the clients that everyone else found difficult because they didn't have natural news, but what they had was amazing experts. So over the years, I'd built up 10 years experience working with these incredible experts and learning how to craft research to actually validate their ideas. So I had all the experience I needed um, at that point, and but, I felt that it was, I was ready to jump. And that grafting moment, though, that bit when you go, I'm going to do my own thing, how quickly did you get your first client? It was, it was basically immediately. I think when you're an entrepreneur, it's really important to start talking about it before you do it because that seems to almost generate opportunities for you. So I was speaking to a friend about my dream to set up this agency, and she said, OK, then, go on then, do it. I will give you this project if you do it. And about three weeks later, she called me and said, have you handed in your notice yet? And I said, no. And she said, well, you've got the safety net of this project. I said, I know, I'm not quite ready yet. So three weeks later, she called me again, and she said, if you don't hand your notice in... I'm going to take this project away. So she was fantastic, um, Alessandra. She created a safety net, but she also pushed me off the cliff as well. So, And then I handed in my notice, I left, and two weeks later, one of my former clients had squared it with my old boss that they could come to me. So suddenly we had two clients, and then we did our first pitch in our third week, and we won that as well. So within a month, we were up and running solvent, profitable, and we had a steady income stream for the future. And all three of those clients paid us 100% upfront because they knew that we didn't have any resources. So that was a fantastic to see big companies helping small companies like that to, to really get off the ground. So not just thanks to them, but thanks to Alessandra. Everyone needs an Alessandra as well to make sure you put in, hand in your notice and go and do it. Much more coming up from Claire, but right now it's time for some music. This is Terence Blanchard. It's called cool Compared to What, and it's off of his new album, Breathless. That was Terence Blanchard with Compared to What. Claire Mason's my business shaper. Claire, we've been talking about lots of stuff, how you set the business up, that sense of needing to be pushed, but with the safety, the safety net as well. You've had an amazing run. Not only have you grown and you've got your clients and your work is respected and you're, I believe, you've been lauded to one of these to, uh, Management Today's top 35 under 35 leading businesswomen and there are other awards that you've won or been, you know, you've been People have said, wow, this person's amazing. But you've also got a culture where people are happy to work. You've won lots of awards for a happy workplace. How's that happen? How have you managed to be successful and have a happy bunch of people with you? Everything we do is powered by our culture. Um, right from day one, I wanted to be successful, not despite being a good company to work for, but because of being a good company to work for. 
And that strategy has worked so well for us. We spend a lot of time together deciding on our values, supporting each other, and we enjoy spending time together. So to give an example, one one of the girls broke her leg a couple of years ago and had to move out of her flat. The team actually moved her. I think I was say, and then we and didn't like it. Up afterwards. Well, you, we, we thought she broke a leg. You're fired. You, you, you didn't do that. No, it was good. No, the opposite. Good. Quite the opposite. So not only did we look after her as, a, as an employer, but actually yeah. the whole team said, "Right, we will help you move flat and tidy up, so you get your deposit back." And that kind of going the extra mile for a pack member in need is absolutely what we're all about. And we have our staff retention is incredible. We, our, we average about one person a year leaving, usually for their own reasons or relocation and so forth. And so the team that we started with is the team that we have now, and they are incredible smart people. And what really motivates them is is that geekery of working, working with really smart, intelligent clients, but also having that incredibly lovely, supportive culture so that when you're trying to do something that's very new or very innovative or very complex and very difficult, you know the whole team will, will come around and support you. And I think that's incredibly important. And where do you think you got that enlightened view of the world that said, you know what, I can I can be successful without being horrible because plenty of people that are successful are not very nice are not interested in culture and values and purpose and all those good things was it something when you the way you were brought up was it your education where was it because you went to comprehensive school as well and you've then moved to, to Oxford University these are these are not small things what do you think enabled you to view the world in the way that you do I think I'd in some places perhaps experienced the opposite where you have a slight battery culture, for example. And when you're asking people to you want people to bring them their whole selves to work, all of their interests and ideas and personality. And if you create a culture of blame or people taking credit for each other's work, people start to just bring their hands to work and not their minds and their hearts as well. So it was very important to me that people would be fully themselves with all their eccentricities. And I think also you you pick up um, you think about where you have loved working and it's always about the people and the culture and the tone that's set from the top. And you also learn from other walks of life as well. So, for example, um, uh, my husband's a musician. He, The record company that he was associated with had a fantastic team culture and that really inspired me. Um, and I think also um, at university there was a real... In the college that I was at, there was a real sense of collegiate spirit and helping each other in what would otherwise be quite a difficult or intimidating situation. So for me, having that gang, having that pack is really, really important. And that's where all the success comes from, helping each other. We'll have our final chat with Claire. Plus, we'll play a track from the great Howling Wolf from his pack. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business but it's personal. Good to have the Howling Wolf here on Jazz Shapers. That was Smokestack Lightning. Claire Mason's my business shaper just for a few more precious minutes. Looking forward, you've grown in 10 years. Next 10 years, Claire, the the horrible question. What's it going to look like for you? Um, Is it a year-by-year plan? Is it a three-year plan? Is it a... The vision for 10 years is the following. Where's your head? 
So our vision is to grow and to grow what we're doing. We already do a lot of marketing, business development and public relations. And what we're really looking to do is to really expand all of those services out so that we can help clients in every channel that they want to work in. We also want to really continue to grow our innovation capability. We have some presence in the US already, so we're looking to expand in the US. And then the next stop after that will be Asia. So at the moment, we do a lot of global work from our our London and Brighton presence, and we're looking to really actually properly put down uh, some roots in some other markets as well. And is that growth strategy just because you want to be bigger and richer or is it because you just think there's loads of other clients who don't realise they need man bites dog kind of services? I think there's huge amounts of opportunity in the knowledge economy right across the world. And ideally, we want to be doing global work because then we're thinking at a strategic level for the whole organisation, which is really exciting. And in terms of that team that you've got with you now, how are you going to continue to develop their expertise and their confidence and their ability to grow with you? Is there a plan or does it just happen uh, through osmosis? Well, we're going through a really exciting period at the moment. We've just created, we have two boards, an operational board and a main board. So the team is actually fully running the business on a day-to-day basis now. And then we have a main board on top. And we're training all of those people, not only in all of the wonderful things they do for clients, but in terms of how to run a business as well and all of that strategic uh, thinking. And we are also enabling people to design their own jobs So right across the workforce now, rather than just saying, here is your career path, we're asking everyone to design their own career path, what they want to be in charge of and and almost making everyone a mini entrepreneur in terms of what they're doing. It sounds like it's like this perfect little Nirvana company, not so little, actually. I mean, what are you going to do? You you surely sound like you're going to set up another thing and another thing and another thing. Or is this it? Is this the thing you're going to do and just make it perfect and brilliant? I think there's so much potential in creating incredible ideas. And so this is my thing. I absolutely love it. The team are incredible. And what we want to do is just keep growing and keep learning every day. Thank you, Claire. You've been a great guest. I really appreciate your time. Just before I let you go, it would be remiss if I didn't say, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? So my song choice is No Time to Play by Guru and it features Ronnie Jordan and DC Lee. And the reason I've chosen this is that it's it's like one of those theme tunes that follow me around. Um, and it, for me, it's about that feeling of when you're building something, when you're in the zone, you're so busy and it's so chaotic, but there's so much joy in building. And that's what I really love about this song. He's, t- he's got no time to play, but he's loving every moment of it. Here it is just for you. Thank you very much. Chumps trying to waste my time. I ain't got no time to play. That was Guru featuring Ronnie Jordan and DC Lee with no time to play. The song choice of my business shaper today, Claire Mason, saw the opportunity 10 years ago to create really meaningful ideas that would drive revenue in this new knowledge economy, as she called it. And really critically, and I think it's been the foundation of the success of the business, she's created a happy, healthy learning culture, a place where she said the pack of people are super, super prepared for what clients might need. Great stuff. Join me again, same time, same place. That's next Saturday, 9 a.m. here on Jazz FM. In the meantime, stay with us. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Rea. It's business, but it's personal.